0: Yes If you're like me Then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast The Pope on Film I mean who is it nowadays in this day and age But only real fans True, dedicated, hardcore fans Of this podcast would know two things about us Two fundamental truths About America's hottest podcasting couple Bunny and Steve First and foremost, Bunny is the undeniably real And not made up on the spot fact about you, Bunny, is that uh-huh. when you're not doing this podcast, you're actually writing and directing educational videos for elementary schools. So tell us, Bunny, what are some of the latest titles that you've been working on?
1: Well, I have taken on a bit more of a managerial position, kind of like where Roger Corman sits most of the time that kind yes. of that kind of position. Um, I've gotten old, okay, but like I, I I broke into the industry because I was able to do the chopping sound with my voice, you know that I can't yes. really hit as convincingly. Um, That's how you get for convinced. for the film strips, okay? Uh, like you might not recognize, but one second. <sighs> That was me. That was me. There you go. There you go. Okay. You're like those
0: people. You're like those people back in like the 40s and 50s where it's like, how did you get your how did you start your career in acting? What? I had an ape costume. <laughs> yeah. And like that was it. Like yeah. I owned an ape costume. That's how I got into acting.
1: I was the only one. Yeah and he was and he was the ape guy that's why you always see the like the same ape in any mm-hmm. movie that has a fucking ape yeah The one guy yeah uh so so that's how i got into the industry the the scholastic education association uh to drop names okay award yeah. winning um, was hygiene and heavy petting. Okay, so we're so we're kind of going toward the tween, you know, things that yeah. we feel that we we need. To, like you're growing up now. Yeah, you're gonna start stinking quicker. so you're gonna have to start showering more yeah Uh, and i forgot the other portion what movie were we talking about (laughs) uh no that's good that's good and the second thing
0: you would know about me is that i'm a lover of history i love it but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do here is I like to get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is: another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Den. Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short, it's quick, but it's powerful. It's the white stripes of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on the old Shapity shap shap we will be discussing the time that George Carlin went to the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. George Carlin, bunny! George Carlin, all I want is to live in a nation where George Carlin and Bill Hicks would be like, wow, the government's so great right now. Uh, I guess I'll start doing airline food jokes. Yeah. Live. I just want to live in a world where George Carlin wouldn't have to go to bat for us. So George Carlin Born in 1937 in New York City To Irish immigrants Fun fact As a young man he joined the U.S. Air Force And worked as a radar technician Yeah You can't imagine young George Carlin In the Air Force But apparently that was a thing He was court-martialed a whopping three times So At least George Carlin we would imagine being in the Air Force. So while he was uh, working as a radar technician, he started working part-time at a local radio station as a DJ. And soon afterwards, he met another DJ in the area named Jack Burns. They formed a comedy team and moved to Hollywood to hit it big. They even recorded a comedy album, apparently. So young George Carlin before he was George Carlin. There's a comedy album out out there. After two years, they broke up to go at it solo. And sure, George Carlin hit it big. But Jack Burns was the head writer
1: for Hee Haw
0: and the Muppet Show. Yeah. Yeah. He was also a big voiceover artist. He was one of the two crash test dummies. <laughs> you remember the commercials? Yeah. From 1985 to 1998. You know, he was one of the two crash test dummies. So good yeah. for him. He was also a writer and announcer on the show Fridays and he was the non Michael Richards person to fight Andy Kaufman on air. Yeah. So Michael Richards and Andy Kaufman got into a fight. And then after that, he got into a fight with some studio guy, some guy in in headphones that was trying to stop things or whatever. That was uh, Jack Burns. So Yeah. 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 Find that interesting. Now, anyway, back to George Carlin. So he's doing stand-up.
1: Well then Jack. Well then Jack Burns paired with somebody else. And wasn't it Burns and Shriver? He he paired with a woolly haired guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who could have been Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so um George Carlin. He's performing, he releases his first comedy album entitled FM and AM, and apparently he he did it specifically so that here's FM, the first side is FM, yeah, and this is um, my observational humor, and humor about life and our foibles, and then AM is... Okay, it's the 60s. I'm going to start doing some weird, crazy shit. We're going to be talking about drugs. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about some like some, some different shit. And this yeah. was his transition. Yeah. FM and AM. And around this time, he started doing his most infamous routine, The Seven Dirty Words You Can Never Say on Television. Bunny, name the seven dirty words you cannot say on television.
1: Oh, man. I never bothered like like shit tits prick cocksucker motherfucker. No. I I got it all mixed up. You got four of seven. So you did you did pretty good. Okay. But uh here,
0: let me change my background. I'm sure that people who give us bad reviews on iTunes will not like this, but the seven dirty words are as followed. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. These are the seven dirty words right there that you cannot say on television. This routine became pretty, but this is,
1: but see, this is what sucks about my brain processing information. And this is why I'm not cool and for as many times as i have heard those 730 uh, words my brain did not register it but yeah to all beef patty special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions and sesame seeds seed that's there yeah. what yeah. the fuck is that doing there <laughs> i could also By do the me meow the- meow song
0: 300 empire yeah gotcha
1: sorry so, for that interlude
0: no it's fine it's fine so this routine became pretty famous eventually this became a uh, track on his 1972 album class clown and at the time in the 70s Uh, Certain indie radio stations, especially in big cities like LA and New York, they would occasionally play the Seven Dirty Words routine, and it is that which led George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words to go all the way to the Supreme Court in a landmark Supreme Court case, the ramifications of which are still felt today. Okay. So... On October 30th, 1973, an FM radio station in New York City played The Seven Dirty Words. But some context to this discussion, it wasn't like WBIA FM in New York City was like, hey, cats and kittens, we're going to play some dirty shit for you, bitches, and they play The Seven Dirty Words. No, it was a radio show that was... Discussing politics at the time and the radio show that particular day on October 30th 1973 was about society's attitudes towards foul language and they played okay. George Carlin's routine. Um, John Douglas Douglas? Yeah. Uh, heard that broadcast of yeah. George Carlin's 70s that you can't hear that you can't say on television. He was, at the time, the head of an organization called Morality in Media. Yeah. And they were one of the uh, conservative Christian groups that was like, oh, kids can't know about sex. Look at this Cosmopolitan magazine. A woman with a bikini on the front? Scandalous. What about the children? One of those (laughs) fucking groups eventually they realized and this feels Q-ish to me, but they realized that, hey, people don't care about morality anymore, so we need to rebrand. So the morality in media organization is still around, but now they're called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And they're the exact same group that now they're like Well, you can't say anything bad about us because we're stopping kids from being raped. Okay. By banning everything that you like. But still, do you want kids to not be beaten up? Then you can't make fun of us. So that's the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. But back then they were called Morality and Media. A bunch of fundamentalists against sex and gays and et cetera. So John Douglas complained to the FCC yeah. saying that this was appropriate. And uh, this the FCC was like, okay, um, then we'll send a, a, a letter to the radio station, WBIA, saying, hey, stop it. Yeah and that's it maybe we'll find you a small amount but that is all that we can do and morality and media was like but wait you should be able to do more there this is bad words that are being broadcast and kids will hear this and so you fcc you should have the power to stop this and censor this filth happening yeah and then people started saying oh you censor this what else will we censor this wasn't played for titillation this was played for educational purposes can we not teach people anymore what can we and can't we teach and so this became this massive court that bounced from uh courtroom to courtroom and eventually went all the way to the supreme court july 3rd 1978 the fcc versus the pacifica foundation This ruling officially gave the FCC power to determine language guidelines and find broadcasts that they deem indecent. George Carlin wasn't officially involved because he didn't do this, but his seven dirty words routine went all the way to the goddamn Supreme Court. He wasn't involved, but he indirectly led to, in 2020, you not being able to hear the word shit on the radio. It's fascinating that there are still people out there that are saying, hey, FCC versus the Pacifica Foundation, um, that was great for the 70s, but not for now. We need to change this ruling. We need to change this ruling because, you know, I'm still surprised that I can watch cable and hear people say shit. Yeah. That blows my mind, (laughs) you know? If they're allowed to say shit, then why are they, oh, my God, dryer! This isn't the dryer. It's not time for your interview. <laughs> so um, I find it fascinating that George Carlin went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. You know, yeah. I find this. Uh, hold on. I almost got it. There you go, right there.
1: Find this fascinating.
0: And I think that more people should know about this. That
1: George Carlin is... I don't know. Just kind of like... Carlin's trajectory I find kind of interesting and a little unexpected. Uh. Because, like, on the very, very fringes of my memory, there's the hippy-dippy weatherman and, you know, like, kind of a comic character who would pop up in skits on, on variety shows and shit. To becoming the, like... College, you know, so that's like suit and tie, young Carlin. Okay. Yeah. That's that's one George Carlin. That's the Carlin I kinda sort of started with. Then you yeah. have then you have the college stand up Carlin. Okay. And to me is always the picture of him on the cover of Class Clown. You know, where he's sitting on the stool yep. with his finger up his nose. Yeah. And I think um, that's the Carlin who did the seven thirty words. Words. Uh, that's the Carlin that, that did a lot of great albums. And then wind up, wind up getting to do them on television because HBO was, needed cheap content. Yeah. If you notice whenever you have a startup television channel of any sort what are the things they go for they go for well news programs that's an easy time filler they used, to
0: go, they used to go they used to go to wrestling
1: back in the day but they don't do that anymore you might go a talk show you know stand up comedy was always a, was always a popular bit
0: Stop screaming! I'm recording the podcast.
1: It's cheap. It's cheap to produce, and people like it. So then HBO yeah. started started making those, but it was mostly from the albums. And then when I when he returned to the Seven Dirty Words, I forget in which special with the expanded list, it was like. Okay, there's a certain lyrical amusement to this, but you're just a guy standing on stage cursing for a really, really long time. Yeah. I appreciate the Uh, inventiveness. Basically, I just kind of like I still appreciate the work, but I felt this shit was starting to get old at that point. You know? Yeah. But and like I'm kind of hit and miss to the other specials in that time period um. but then we get into the Iraq war and Carlin does that show that I feel we entered to, into the Carlin who is right behind you Carlin the lovable curmudgeon yeah <laughs> you know he went from, like, class clown to God, you wish he was your grandpa. You know? Yeah. Crotchety.
0: Crotchety
1: Yeah. But on the fucking (laughs) ball. You know?
0: Yeah, so that yeah. So that's that's all I've got for Steve's historical approximations. It's a short one, but I, I'm surprised that more people don't know about the time that George Carlin went to the Supreme Court. Yes. Anyway, join us next week for more. Uh, it, it, I, I haven't bothered seeing the new Back to the Future movie. It's just yeah. kind of... He was in the first Back to the Future. And yeah. I think the second one... Bill it, and Ted said... One, yeah.
1: Bill and Ted. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: What did I say? Back Jeez. to the Future. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. I don't know. This is a this is another movie that I have ruined for myself because when I first heard about it the plot of the movie of what I wanted to see from this movie was full in my brain. And there was no way that they were going to do it. And I just kind of stopped caring. It happened with that. It happened with um, the X-Files movie. It's happened to a couple of movies where like I heard about them, and uh, like my head wrote the plot. And I was like, eh, fuck it. I like that better. (laughs) I understand that. I I like what I think that movie should be better than it was. Yeah.
0: Anyway, join us next time for more uh, historical fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. Yeah. You're just so excited to pop up in this podcast well. <laughs> okay, then. Random picture. There you go.